Good morning. Thank you for braving the slick conditions today uh, to, to join together and uh, to celebrate Christ together. I'm gonna. I'm. Gonna, I'm about to uh, make Paul a very relaxed man. I've set my timer. How's that? <laughs> Not gonna give him a hard time. Well, it is. It is a joy and a pleasure to be here, and I am very, very beyond uh, honored and humbled that um, uh, you would you would invite me and, and accept me to serve in the in the capacity of pastoral director and to serve as a shepherd here at uh, Saints. I say a shepherd because I am not the shepherd, uh, as Paul was saying, that we're, we're going to help uh, develop a culture of shepherding. And uh, there, there are several of you probably sitting right here in this room that have that same gifting and that same call to care for others and to see, see the needs and just be there and be a support. And uh, all of us, to an extent, have that call. Uh, some, some of you may, may uh, be quite heavy with that call. So uh, I'm looking forward over the coming months and the coming weeks uh, in the coming seasons, to uh, see who the Holy Spirit happens to shine a spotlight on and uh, that type of uh, gifting and uh, see if we can help, help develop it and help strengthen it. Amen. All right, so now let me explain something. I, I grew up kind of like Paul. I grew up uh, from a Pentecostal background. So uh, if you want to help me preach, it doesn't hurt my feelings one bit. It's not going to throw me off one bit. That was one thing fun about growing up in the Pentecostal style church as a kid is that you got to preach along with the preacher. So it just kind of helped make church a little bit more bearable at times, you know. Uh, otherwise, I was a kid back there counting ceiling tiles or whatever, you know, uh, waiting on service to be over with. Uh, I am very, very thankful that uh, my sister, my wonderful sister Kathy, and my niece Jessica were able to come on out. They live on the east side of town and are still part of our, our home church, Abundant Life Church, over in, in Garland, uh, where I have served for the last 80 years, or whatever it was. That, right? <laughs> uh, actually, in all honesty, it's close to 40 years that we've been a part of it, uh, about 39 years, and uh, when I was uh, eight years old, uh, Dr. Glenn Davis and his wife Carolyn came to pastor the church. My mom threw me at them and said, do something with this child. And uh, I kept getting in trouble at school for talking. So he thought, oh, you talk. All right, let's put you in the pulpit. And uh, so at age 12, preached my first sermon. And uh, uh, so actually have been doing ministry now for 34 years, going all the way back to where I was 12. For those of you who are trying to still calculate on your public school math, that's, uh, that means I'm 46 years old. <laughs> so, uh, but but I am so uh, honored that they would be here, and I love them very very much. We've had a whirlwind week because the three of us were down in Arkansas or over in Arkansas earlier this week for our niece's graduation, and uh, my my brother who uh, passed away five years ago, just as his youngest was about to go into high school, uh, she could have cratered you know something that devastating could have just wrecked her life. But she is such an incredible young woman with uh, so strong in her faith. Uh, that she has just flourished, and she graduated fifth in her class, uh, wound up getting about $30,000 worth of scholarships, will be going into medical school this coming fall, and is just a testament to, to what faith in Christ, just how much it roots you, that even during the, the, the most horrid of storms in your life, uh, that, that your faith can keep you anchored uh, to the rock, Christ Jesus. Uh, and then also, I am so, so glad that you got to hear from my wife today because she is an absolutely powerhouse. That's it. Uh, trust me, the time will come 
that uh, you'll say, yeah, Dave, you're a great guy, and, and we like having you around, but we really want to hear what Julie has to say. And uh, when that time comes, I'm her biggest cheerleader. Uh, but she, she pours into my life and preaches to me all the time. And just over the last several months, God has really been blossoming some things in her uh, to where she's kind of been unleashing that uh, on, on the world. And uh, so I am, I'm very, very thrilled as to what God is going to be doing for her. And I love her. The one, the, one of the greatest decisions, aside my decision to walk with Christ, the greatest decision I ever made was to marry her. And I've never regretted it a day in our life for 16 years. And I love her. For 18 years, we've known each other. So, gorgeous. Gorgeous. That's what she used to call me 18 years ago when she first met me. Gorgeous. Now she says handsome after 16 years of marriage. Handsome. <laughs> handsome. <laughs> All right, for those of you who are uh, maybe taking notes or even mental notes, uh, I'm, I'm going to be speaking my message today. We'll, we'll just title it a good King James style uh, uh, verbiage. None of thy kindred. None of thy kindred. And uh, I've known... For about three and a half years, this is what I was supposed to talk about today. Say, what in the world is it? The church has only been around for, for eight months. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. Uh, let's see if this clicker works for me here. All right. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, starting with verse 11. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him. We're talking about Zechariah and Elizabeth. Zechariah. Uh, Elizabeth, rather, was actually the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And Zechariah was actually a priest. Both of them came from a Levitical priestly uh, background. And so Zechariah and Elizabeth were, were working in the ministry. Uh, they had no children. They had been praying for children for many, many years. They were barren. And so they pretty much gave up on that dream. And uh, that's really what I want to talk to us about today uh, the, Lord, the Lord spoke to me this week and said, I'm going to begin to break up some fallow ground within this community, uh, within our hearts. Fallow ground. Say, well, what you're trying to say, I'm, I've got bad, stony, dry ground. No, no. Fallow ground is actually ground that's just at rest. It's, it's, it's ground that has grown crops before, that's been utilized before. I've got two garden boxes in my backyard. And I only really grow, I, I plant in the spring, and, and we'll kind of harvest during the, the early summer. And then after that, I, I never really do anything in the fall. So from, from about August all the way up through March, it just sits there at rest. And in March, when I go out to get it ready, and now I had already prepared, I, I put the soil together the other year myself, so I know what all's in it. But when I go out in March, you look at it, it kind of looks dry and pretty pathetic. But, but it's really just a surface shell of dryness. When, when, when all of a sudden you start getting out there and start plowing up some of that dirt, there's just this rich, fertile soil in there. And I believe, I believe that there are some who are sitting here, even in this room, that God has done some things with you in the past, and you've experienced some wonderful things. You've been a, a rich crop of hope or a rich crop of faith or a rich crop of, of uh, blessing to, to your families, to, to your neighborhoods, to, the, to, to your jobs of, at some point in the past. And... Uh, it's just that maybe your heart's been at rest for a while. And I believe that what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do today is start breaking up just that thing. You say, well, I'm, I'm just kind of dry and I got a hard shell. No, it's just very surface level. All it takes is for the Holy Spirit just to start breaking some of that up. And there's still rich, fertile ground. And, and right where your barrenness is, that the, the places that you've given up on certain dreams, you've given up on certain hopes, you've given up on certain, uh, certain things that you prayed for, 
for a lot of years. I've, I'm believing that starting even today and even this week within some of your families and right here in our corporate fellowship, there is going to be some, uh, some reawakening and, and God is going to bring a, a birthing process right in the midst of your barrenness. Oh, thank you. Now I'm, I'm ready to have some church now. Somebody, you know, we, we, we braved the rain to come up here. We might as well have some church, right? All right, so here we go. Then an angel of the Lord, Zechariah, goes to, to work in the temple. It's his time to work in the temple, right? And this is what crazy thing happened to him. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord, their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All right, let's just stop there for a second. So here, here we have this couple. Uh, they, they've pretty much given up on this whole dream of having children. And all of a sudden, just on an ordinary day when Zacharias drew the short straw to go and light the incense in the temple, God sends Gabriel himself. If you go and read further in the story, you find out it's actually Gabriel himself, the chief messenger angel, that shows up and says, hey, by the way, your, your, your wife's going to have a child. And by the way, you're going to name him John. That's what's exciting. Whatever it is that God has for you and whatever it is that God has for saints, God's already named. It wasn't a matter of, hey, you're, you're going to have a child and uh, think about naming him, John. No, God already named this child. Whatever God has in store for you, he's already named. He's already identified. He has prepared it. It is an awesome prepared package. What God has in store for this fellowship, for Saints Church, is a wonderful prepared package. All right, we're going to kind of hop in the story, finish it up, and then I've got a story to tell you as well. When it was time for Elizabeth, we're going to hop down to 50, uh, verse 57. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, so here we are nine months later, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Everyone say neighbors and relatives. Okay, keep, keep those guys in mind. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. And they said unto her, now, now we, we've switched to the King James just because I think it's more fun the way that it's worded here. So it says, um, and they said unto her, there is none of thy kindred that is called by this name. And they made signs to his father how he would have him called. If, if you read on in the story prior, Zechariah actually doubted Gabriel. He said, how, have you seen my wife lately? She's old. <laughs> She's gonna, how is she going to have a baby? And the angel got so irritated that Zechariah was actually speaking against the word of God that he's like, you know what, You're gonna, your, your mouth's going to be shut up for nine months till this baby's born. So she had like the most peaceful pregnancy, right? Uh, <laughs> And, and uh, so, so like, they're, you know, they're making motions to him, right? You know, thinking that he's, like, severely handicapped or something. He just can't, you know, what is his name? You know, and so he says, um, 
He asked for a writing tablet, and he wrote, saying, His name is John, and they marveled all. All right, for just a few minutes, we're going to put Zachariah and Elizabeth right over here. We're going to come back to them, and, and we're, going to, we're going to kind of wrap up this whole story. But bear with me here, okay? I've got three and a half years' worth of thought that needs to take place in the next 20 minutes, okay? So tell your neighbor, say, we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere, okay? Say, oh, why are you making me talk to my neighbor? Because I, because I believe church is not just about connecting with God, but it's about connecting with others as well. So, so there may be times you've got to talk to your neighbor a little bit here. Uh, four years ago, actually May 6th, so two weeks ago, four years ago was the actual physical day that Julie and I moved into Viridian. And there's a whole story that led us here. Uh, uh, just on the surface, the, the most logistical reason why we moved here is because we, we work three miles up the road uh, doing TV production for uh, James and Betty Robinson, uh, uh, the, the TV show Life Today with James and Betty Robinson. And um, so for 12 years, we had been commuting back and forth to Rockwall and just losing time with our family. So we said, now we've got to make some changes. Uh, the Lord opened the door for us to, to come here. So as, we're, as we move in, and I'm sitting on my front porch like the old man that I am, Ryan, uh, <laughs> I'm sitting on my front porch, the Lord, uh, and having coffee with the Lord. Now, I don't know if God has coffee with you. He has coffee with me on my front porch, very ethereal spiritual coffee, I guess. But, but we sit there and, and, and talk. And uh, so I'm, I'm out there one day just thanking God for the wonderful neighborhood. There's still construction going on everywhere. And, and shortly after I moved in, the Lord spoke and said, uh, Dave, I'm building a church here. And I said, really, where? Because I'm trying to think, hey, is, is it going to be on the back 40? Is it going to be on the north side? Uh, where, where's this church going to be? He said, no, look, look around you. I said, what? He goes, look around you. What do you see? I said, I see construction. Houses going up. He goes, exactly. I'm building a church. I said, it's not a building. I'm not talking about a building. He goes, look at this whole place, this whole complex, this whole facility. He said, it's not just a subdivision. It's not just a community. I am building a church that my kingdom can be manifest. Now, what does that mean, kingdom? Well, that's a very, very deep subject, and we could be here for weeks. Uh, the Apostle Paul kind of gives a really brief description of it and says the kingdom of heaven isn't about eating and drinking, or it's not about these tangible things that you can get and wealth that you can get, but the kingdom of heaven is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That word righteousness means righted, living right. Living, thinking right, talking right, being right, doing the right things, the way that God would have us do it. Could you imagine a whole community that that's what we start doing? It's just doing the right things, thinking the right thoughts, saying the right things, doing the right actions. It says righteousness, peace. Oh, man, a place that you can walk in and just feel peace. When your whole world's going to falling apart and, and you should be freaking out, you still, you're, you're still at peace. What a wonderful place that could be. Joy, a place where people are genuinely joyful. Even when your neighbor's gotten on your last nerve, you're still joyful. Why? Because you're doing the right thing. You still got peace. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, description, really simple, basic description of what the kingdom of God is really about. Righteousness, peace, joy. The kingdom of God is not about the cosmic city floating out in the sweet by and by. I do believe we have an eternal resting place. But, but we're talking about manifesting the kingdom of God or bringing the kingdom of God to earth right now. Uh, as it is in heaven, on earth, as it is in heaven, right? Um, so uh, 
so that's what the Lord was saying. He goes, no, no, no. He goes, I'm building a place that my kingdom can be manifest in the lives of each and every person. It's not about uh, a church building. It's not about a facility. It's about the people and the community. And that's what my church is. So I was like, oh, boy, I like that. I like that. And I got to looking around and I said, Lord, you're moving a lot of people into your church then. And he goes, yep. He goes, when you cruise in here, just realize you're cruising into the church. I said, and you, you got some wonderful people moved in. He goes, yep. I said, you got some ornery people moving in. He said, yeah. I said, and you got non-believers, believers. You got some atheists, some agnostic. You have some Muslim, Buddhist. People from everywhere that you happen to move in here to what you're calling your church. He said, yeah. And he said, and then that's what, what he, he, he instructed Julie and I. He said, he said do, not, do not use any preconceived judgments when you meet anybody in this community. He said, but everyone you meet, because I have moved them into my church, you love. You love on them. And so for four years, that's really kind of what we've been working on, is, is, is uh, just trying to love people and, and trying to love folks here in the community and you know, cooking food and taking it over to people, all that, you know, however we can do, praying for people, all that type of stuff. Uh, that being said, later on, uh, now, now the other thing he said, he goes, yeah, he goes, don't worry about where the people are at because that's my, that's my job and that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit has to work overtime just to change you, Dave. So you have no power to change anyone else. So all I'm asking you to do is love people, love people, and show them, show them my light, show them my light. So, so that's kind of what we've been doing. Uh, that's why I'm the front porch guy. Everybody knows, hey, I need to come talk to you on the front porch. Well, because that's where I kind of wind up meeting with people and praying with people and uh, uh, talking to God and, you know, brewing coffee or whatever. So, so for four years, God's had me over on my porch. And that's why I'm just caffeinated and hyped up right now, because that's all I've done for four years. I got four years of coffee in me. So, so then, uh, eventually, I, you know, a few weeks go by, and I said, well, Lord, are, is your church ever going to gather together to worship you? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, guys, will, you guys will worship me back at the, uh, uh, over at the Lake Club. So, matter of fact, go over there and pray for, that, pray for that land. So I go back to the Lake Club, of course, where the pool and the Lake Club is two big mounds of dirt. And that's it, back in the day. So, all right, well, we're going to gather around some dirt. But I uh, wound up praying, and, and, and so for, for four years, I've seen this. I've seen this within my prayers. What's, what's taking place now since October, I've been, I've been seeing it. And, and everything that the Lord has been showing me when it deals with, with uh, look, I'm, I'm not raising up a church so that we can promote preachers. I'm raising up a church so that we can gather the community together to perfect them, to allow them to learn how to live so that they can manifest my kingdom, my righteousness, my peace, my joy, all throughout this community. And this is going to be ground zero, not just for the sake of Viridian, but for the greater community and eventually for all of North Texas so that my kingdom can be manifest. So that when people happen to come in here, they experience the kingdom of God, not in here, but just in this wonderful complex in the greater community. Uh, so, so I just sat there and kept praying and praying and praying. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. Well, fast forward to, uh, I guess, this time last year, and Paul and Bob and, and everyone started uh, offering these, you know, hey, come on over to the house, and we're going to kind of vision cast for uh, this, uh, for, you know, for for this uh, church that we're, we're wanting to start come October. 
And uh, everything that Julie, Julie was right, she would come home and start telling me, hey, they're talking about this and they're talking about that. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking that, that's exactly what God's been telling me on the porch. I was intercepting their phone calls. That's awesome. I, <laughs> maybe God wasn't talking to me. He was talking to them. I just happened to overhear it or whatever. But uh, so a lot of our hearts started being tugged even as, as early as, as last fall. Uh, fast forward, and I'm trying to condense this as quick as possible. Fast forward to January. Uh, Paul has Julie and I over uh, for coffee. We go over to the British Embassy over by the dog park, right? Paul and Lynn have us over there and uh, for, for coffee. And, and in walks Bob and, and Carrie Kimball. And I'm thinking, what, what am I doing? Wow, you know, this is what's going on here? And uh, they, they share the vision of saints and uh, just kind of how the story uh, came about. And then also Bob shares a little bit of how the Lord uh, instructed uh, he and Howard in, in preparing this neighborhood, and it was lining up with everything that God was telling me about. Uh, we're not building a community. We're building a church. You know, we're building a place for my kingdom to dwell. And uh, so I thought, well, this is phenomenal. And, and, and basically said, hey, you know, you've been, you've been helping to pastor for you know, three and a half, four years or so. Uh, the neighborhood, just shepherding it, would you, would you pray about coming on board? and serving and it I was blown away and and at the same time it was such a confirming moment uh, for us uh, which turned into several several uh, months of prayer plus I had some obligations to finish out at, at the home church over at Abundant Life and uh, uh, ironically and I'll, I'll try to squeeze this in as well about a week later about a week later after that conversation with Paul and Bob uh, Becca who's who's out uh, teaching our kids right now and, and God bless Becca, man. I mean, just, just pray for her, pray for her, because she is pouring into our children. Uh, happens to swing by the house to get some information about the school, and, and, and uh, so she can start kind of plotting out a possible pace ministry for, for uh, uh, Viridian Elementary. Uh, so, so I'm kind of I'm sharing with her some of, the, some of the names and different people she needs to get a hold of, and uh, she's telling me about her upcoming marriage with her and Hair Dave over here, and... Uh, the, the, uh, so, so right when she's about to leave, I said, well, let me pray for you, uh, just so that the right door is open at the right time. And also, so everything goes well with your, your marriage and your wedding. And, uh, just as soon as I'm about to wrap up the prayer, she kind of pulls back and she goes, I, I saw something can, and I'm thinking, well, in my house, there's no telling man, cause there's all kind of crazy activities going on here. And uh, she goes, she goes, no, no. Can I share it with you? So, oh, I see what you're doing here. She's about to speak a prophetic word over here. So I said, sure, sure, go ahead. And she goes, when you were praying, she said, I, I saw everyone gathering down by the lake, down by the lake club. And she said, and there was a green church bell. She said, it was a church bell like what we have in England uh, that you don't really see over here. She goes, but it was green. And she kept going, why is it green? Why is it green? And uh, she said, and everyone's standing around and they're waiting for the church bell to ring. And... Uh, she says, but, but no one was stepping up the ring. She goes, and in England, uh, only, the, only, only the pastor or, or the shepherd goes out and rings the church bell and notifies the village that it's time, it's time to come in and worship. It's time for worship. And she goes, and then I, she goes, and as you were praying, I saw you go ring this green church bell. And she goes, well, why is it green? Why? I've never seen a green church bell in my life. And she goes, and you rang it, and the community started coming together. For, and then she stops, and she starts whispering like no one else. She goes, <gasps> it's you. <laughs> and she goes, it's you. You've been sitting on your porch. They've been praying for a past, someone to walk in and be a pastor for, for the last 
three months, and, and, and it's you. You've been on your porch this whole time. God's had you over here. We've been praying for some, God to send someone, and it's you. You're, and she was whispering. She goes, you're the pastor. <laughs> and I was like, and, she, and, I said, and I asked her, I said, Did, have you talked to Paul or Lynn? <laughs> right? Because I, you know, it was, Look, I've, as Paul knows this. Growing up in the Pentecostal church, there's some wonderful, incredible, uh, uh, you see the, the Spirit of God move in incredible ways, and God do some incredible, uh, but, but it's also kind of like a good bowl of cereal, you know, because you got some good milk and honey, but you also have some nuts and flakes, okay? So, so you have to kind of verify some stuff, right? You got to verify some stuff. So, so I said, hey, have you been talking to Paul or Lynn or Bob or Karen? She goes, no, should I? I was like, no, 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 it's good, it's good. And so I finally said, I know why the church bell is green. She goes, why? I said, because the word Viridian means it's a shade of green. We're a green community. We're environmentally friendly. They name it Viridian. I said, you saw a Viridian church bell. And she goes, oh. And so, so and then she also spoke a very, very powerful word about my wife and, and, and children, and, uh, which we don't have time today to get into. Maybe at some point we'll get into when it's relevant. Anyways, all that to say, and that's what led us up here. It's a very shortened I say all that to say this, whatever God is up to with Saints Viridian is so much bigger than any of us. It is absolutely huge, and it's not just eight months old. He started talking to me about four years ago about this, and I know I probably wasn't the first one in the loop. Now, here's the thing. This is the encouraging word I want, and, and I'm, I'm about to wrap up here, but this is the word that I think God has for us corporately today as a fellowship, but also individually for your own life and for your families. It's this. God has already prepared something so wonderful, and he's already named it. He didn't say, hey, God recommends naming him John. Now he said, no, the child, you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a son, and his name is John. Now, Fast forward to we just read Zachariah and Elizabeth. Let's go get them. Here they are, right? Let's bring them back out. Uh, when it came time to circumcise this child, to, to, uh, to christen him, all the relatives and the neighbors, you remember? The family members and the neighbors all gathered together. All the people that had been with, with Elizabeth for all those years, knowing that she had been praying and believing for a child, seeing her when she cried because you know, it just wasn't happening, seeing her during those times where she just wanted to give up because that dream never came to pass, seeing her just uh, plaster on a smile when she was at other baby showers. And all of a sudden, here they are finally. It's the time for her to name her son. These are the people that she has sought counsel in. These are the people that she has found support in, and she has found refuge in. Some of the closest people to her, and they still didn't understand the concept. Because when it came time to name the baby, they said, ooh, let's name him Zachariah Jr. And she goes, no, 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 his name is John. And their first response was, none of thy kindred are called by that name. You don't have any family that's called John. Why would you want to name this child John? There ain't nobody in your family named John. That's the most ridiculous thing we've ever heard. Name him Junior, like his daddy. He's going to be a priest, just like his daddy. He's supposed to do what his daddy's doing. That's how we've always done it. And, and what God is planting right here, and it's beginning to grow and take off and blossom, 
is not supposed to be like any other congregation. It's not supposed to be. There are 17 different patterns that are popular right now. If you're going to build a church, you can pick from one of 17 patterns that people deem as successful. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm not saying anything about it. I'm saying what God wants to do right here, he's already named. He's already identified. It's not supposed to. It's, a lot of you have been saying, oh, yeah, I've been attending saints, and it's just wonderful. It's different. It's different. It's not like anything I've ever been around. That's by design. Not Paul's design, not Bob's design, not Howard's design, not anyone's design. It's by God's design because he's named it John. You can't name it Junior. We can't pattern this after any other church around here. Praise God for what they're doing. I'm not putting in any, any other congregation down. Hopefully, they're doing exactly what God's telling them to do. But what God wants to do right here is going to be something so unique. John, when he was growing up, he should have been in the temple learning how to light the incense, learning how to prepare the showbread, learning how to, how to steam clean the veil or whatever it was that they had to do. But he was out in the back 40 a bunch of, a, a bunch, around a bunch of briars, you know, yelling, you know, uh, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the path. Prepare the way for the Lord. He was eating locusts and wild honey. He was dressing crazy. His hair got all weird. He wasn't wearing the priestly garments. He was something totally unique, something totally different. And, and, and so what? don't be discouraged because along the way, you're going to hear people say, we ain't never done church like that before. Why would you haul off and do something like that? That's not how you do church. I've even heard it the last several months. Good men and women of God that I, that I seek counsel in, that I have wonderful, wonderful faith in. You know, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're going to be, wait, you're, so you're, you're the you're pastor? Sure. But you're not the lead? No. Why would you want to do that? We ain't never done church like that before. Because God's name is John. He didn't name it Zechariah. The unique thing about John is this. That's the first time that name ever showed up in the Bible. I'm not saying John the Baptist was the first John ever. But you, can, you can't find that name prior to John the Baptist. Why? Because God was doing something new. Why is it, that, why is it that, that John had to be born? Because you have to have a John the Baptist before you can have a Christ. Before there can ever be Christ manifest in this, in this neighborhood and in the greater community of Arlington and North Texas, you got to have a John the Baptist. Why? Because the Bible talked about, uh, if you remember one of the scriptures that we read, it said, said that he came in the spirit of Elijah. Well, there was a prophecy. Before you could have a Messiah, Elijah had to return. Matter of fact, Jesus, uh, his disciples went out and were saying, hey, I think, we've met the, I think we've got the Messiah over here. And people said, well, that's impossible because Elijah's supposed to return. And Jesus said, no, they're right. And Elijah did return in, the, in spirit by John the Baptist because he came and he turned the hearts of the children as now. But John the Baptist came to prepare the way so given up on today. Whatever, whatever barren place you have in your life, I'm telling you, some of you this week, you're going to wake up spiritually pregnant. And God's already named that. Don't, you're going to say, I got an idea, honey, and we ain't never done anything like this before. <laughs> We've... We, we need to do this with our family, and yet it's, it's, this is something we've never tried before. This is something that's never happened. You're going to get some kind of a business plan and think, that's the craziest idea I've ever had. Yet don't let anyone talk you out of it. Why? Because God's already named that child. You can't name him Junior because God's already named him John. Don't let people, don't let people discourage you by saying, you ain't never done anything like that. We don't have any family called John. Can we all stand? Ryan, come play something sad and slow. That's always effective, man.
Woo! I finished two minutes early. Paul would love an opportunity. That means I get to stay. Amen. I would love an opportunity uh, to pray with you today. If you need anything uh, from the Lord, just encouragement, or if you need to give your heart to the Lord, you say, you know what, I've, I've never given my heart to the Lord. I, I want to I commit my life to him. Or maybe you're, you're saying, I, I need to rededicate my It's been a while. I'm, I'm some of that fallow ground you were talking about, and I need God to, to build me back up. Uh, I would love the opportunity to pray for you. Uh, right over in the corner, over here by these flags, we don't have a lot of room in, in, you know, up front in, in our traditional altar way, but, but uh, feel free. Or if there's anyone else who would like to, to pray as well for people, or if you want to grab somebody and say, hey, come back here and pray with me, it's all good. We're all family today. So, uh, But I would love that opportunity uh, to pray with you. And let's just pray corporately before Ryan sings. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing here. Thank you for grafting Julie and I right in here uh, with this family. Lord, I thank you for this new chapter for us. Uh, but most of all, I thank you for each and every family and life that's represented here. I just speak blessings. Uh, speak clarity and revelation. Lead us, teach us, help us to grow, Father, to manifest your kingdom and all the wonderful blessing that we receive when we come together in here. Help us just to take it and have church all week long, right with our neighbors, right on our jobs, right on our schools, and allow your power and your kingdom to manifest right here in this community and the greater community of Arlington. And we just love you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.